In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I am not a morning person. <laughs> However, the birth of a child has forced my hand, and I have had to adapt. Although I have adapted well, I still do not consider myself a morning person. Many of my summer days were spent waking up way too early, cutting grass, weed-eating, and picking up the most unsightly pieces of trash. I worked with a close friend whose father owned many pieces of property, so we like to think of ourselves as landscape artists maintaining his innumerable properties. My very first day of work, I was too young to drive, so my friend and his father arrived in my driveway at 7 o'clock in the morning. I had gotten up, got dressed, and realizing that they had not yet arrived to pick me up, I got back in bed with my work clothes on to muster any remaining sleep that I could. When they arrived, I hopped in the truck very visibly annoyed and managed to grumble a less than sincere good morning to each of them. Neither one of them said anything. I'm sure my friend warned his father about my aversion to mornings. As I lumbered out of the truck to start my first day on the job, my friend's father turned and said to me, Will the Lord loves a hard worker. It did not help my mood at the time. <laughs> In fact, I think my mood worsened. But I have always kept that instance with me. The Lord loves a hard worker. Our gospel lesson from Mark opens with Jesus himself hard at work. His work has given him quite a reputation that has piqued the interests of King Herod. Herod and his associates have heard of Jesus' deeds and miracles, and the miracles that he has performed, and so they begin to speculate who he could be. And attempting to explain the work and identity of Jesus, Herod concludes that he must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. This begins the flashback of the death of John. It is a scandal story full of ruthlessness, cunningness, murder, violence. I'm sure John's disciples who buried him were deeply affected by his violent murder. In Matthew's account, Jesus himself is deeply affected because he withdraws from the crowds to a deserted place to be alone upon hearing of the death of John. And we ourselves are deeply affected by the, by the ripples of murder and violence. Our hearts break we hear that Cynthia Marie Graham Hurd, Susie Jackson, Ethel Lee Lance, DePayne Middle Doctor, Middleton Doctor, Tawanza Sanders, Clementa Pinckney, Daniel Simmons, Sharonda Coleman Singleton, and Myra Thompson have been murdered by a white supremacist after the conclusion of a Bible study. Our heart breaks when we hear of the violence and murder in our world due to a difference in religious beliefs. And our heart breaks when we turn on the local news and the major headlines are those of murder and violence in the very streets of the cities that we live in. But yes, our hearts break. And yet, juxtaposed against our breaking hearts, though it is hard at times, we hope 
We hold on to hope because in the midst of the tragedy of this gospel lesson today, and in the midst of the tragedy of our own lives and those around us, Jesus is at work. In the midst of murder and violence, Jesus is still working. In this gospel lesson, John has been gruesomely beheaded, and Jesus is casting out demons and anointing and curing many. Though Jesus is deeply affected by the beheading of John, though his heart breaks, he is still hard at work. Nine members of Mother, Mother Emmanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina, have been martyred, but Jesus is still at work. There is violence in our cities and in our own world, but Jesus is still at work. The places where Jesus can be seen at work amidst this violence are in faith communities such as this place, nestled among centuries-old white oaks and magnolias. This place, so full of history, which itself is quite tragic. This place, called the Chapel of the Cross. Because we are the body of Christ, because Christ lives in us and we in Him, Christ is at work through all of us. St. Teresa of Avila describes best how Christ works in us. She says Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes in which Christ's compassion looks out onto the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. And yours are the hands with which he is to bless us now. In my ordination, Bishop Sage charged the six ordinands with the task of doing small, great things. This is what St. Teresa tells us. Doing the work of Christ means doing small, great things. The hope in this gospel lesson is the work of Jesus being done in the midst of tragedy. The hope in our world today is this place, the chapel of the cross, that is being done in the midst of the tragedies of today's world. Every day does not have to be a day in the country. It is the small occasions in our everyday life where we have the chance to proclaim the love of God. It is the small occasions in our everyday life where we have the chance to do great things. To give to the poor, build houses for the homeless, feed the hungry, speak peace to the soul of the sorrow, care for the sick, and bind the hearts of those who do not know this love of God of ours. Here at the chapel, the chapel, let's not just be a glimpse of a historic past. Let's be a glimpse of a hopeful future. So let's do small, great things together. It is a fine time to be an Episcopalian, and it is a fine time to be a part of this community at the Chapel of the Cross. I remember watching the Mississippi Rose documentary on the day in the country in the Gravedigger's Guild and thinking at the time how much I would love to be part of such a community. Community which welcomes, community which buries its own dead. What hospitality, what deep theology. Well, here I am. Now that I am here, I am ready to get to work. I am ready to join you all. So hand me a shovel and let's do small, great things together. One of my favorite hymns is number 541 in the 1982 hymnal, Come Labor On. It speaks well to the heart of our Christian vocation of doing the work of Christ, especially in the midst of life's tragedies. 
if this weren't my first Sunday to preach, I might sing it to you. But I'm not. <laughs> However, this is what the first line of the hymn says. Come labor on. Who dares stand idle on the harvest plain while all around us wave the golden grain? And to each servant does the master say, go work today. Let's get to work. Amen. Amen.